Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Religion knows about God. Knows about Jesus, believes Jesus, believes Jesus died on the cross. Here's our cross. He believes it. He or she knows that. But see, they've never asked Jesus to be their Savior, to come into their life and to change it. They know about him, all about him. Satan loves religion. Here's a person that's asked Christ to come into their life. They're born again. We'll see what that looks like later. They become the temple of the Holy Spirit. Their lives change. Their sins are forgiven. Through the millennia, mankind has tried to feel like they're getting access to God. Through rituals and sacrifices, sometimes even their children, men and women have reached out, trying to find the right combination to gain a relationship with God. Pastor Mark will be teaching today about this universal problem and its solution. You'll learn that this incorrect thinking has found its way into the church and how it reveals itself there. Pastor Mark will tell you what a true relationship with God looks like and the things you can do to be an authentic follower of Christ. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of today's broadcast. Now here's Pastor Mark in 1 Timothy chapter 6 as he continues his message, Under His Influence, Really. You will see people today on so-called Christian TV, far from it, who will show you a little piece of cloth and they'll say, I've touched this. I'm putting it in an envelope. I'll send it to you. You put that on the person that needs healed. You put that on that person that has a demon. And by the way, send a hundred dollars to me and I'll send it to you. Bogus, garbage, taking advantage of people. Turn the program off. Paul charged nothing. But notice, this was extraordinary. It wasn't the sweatband. It was people just having their faith stretched. They knew Paul was so powerful through God that anything on him, they go, if I, if I can just touch that, I'm going to be healed. So their faith had, was, was activated. Do we ever see that in the Bible anywhere else? Well, one time we remember people tried to get in the shadow. Here's my shadow. People tried to get in the shadow of Peter. And if they got in the shadow of Peter, they believed they'd be what? Healed. It was just extraordinary. Jesus, one day, he was walking. And there was just masses of people around Jesus. And Jesus did this. Somebody touched me, he said to his disciples. (laughs) And his disciples go, "Uh, yeah, there's a thousand people around here. And he said, no, 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 no. Virtue has gone out of me. And they looked And it was a lady who had been filled with a blood disease for years. And she had this in her mind. If I can just touch the hem of his garment, I'll be healed. She did. 
She was. And Jesus said to her, my garment's special. No. Here's what he said to her. Your faith has made you whole. It wasn't the garment. It was her faith in the power of Jesus. So this is special. This is extraordinary. Good things are happening. All kinds of things are happening. But here's a statement you need to understand. When God begins to change lives, Satan is not far behind. Look at verse 13. Now some Jews, not believers, who went around driving out evil spirits, tried to invoke the name of the Lord Jesus over those who were, notice, demon-possessed. And they would say, in the name of Jesus, whom Paul preaches, I command you to come out. As they watched Paul and the supernatural, the Jewish exorcists, who were not real, they, they were definitely operating in the supernatural, but evil supernatural. They decided, hey, this guy Paul's powerful. What made him powerful? And they discover it's the name of Jesus in the authority of Jesus. So they add that to their little statement. They're going to add Jesus to their formula. Notice. And they say to them, in the name of Jesus. But the problem is this. They didn't understand that Paul's power to heal and drive out demons didn't come from this magic formula name. But it came from Paul who personally knew Jesus Christ. See, Paul was operating in the power of the Holy Spirit. He was really under the influence of the Spirit. Well, this became so popular. Verse 14 tells us, Seven sons of Siva, a Jewish chief priest, were doing this. All seven sons got into the act. Verse 15 One day, as they're trying to cast this evil spirit out of a person who was really demon-possessed, notice what it says. One day, the evil spirit answered them. By the way, you don't want to hear evil spirits talking to you. (laughs) One day, the evil spirit answered them. He said this to them. Jesus, I know... And I know about Paul, but who are you? I want you to write this down because in our world, there's such confusion. Satan and demons are real and they have great power. No one should mistake or take Satan lightly that demons are real. Our world is operated by Satan, and the end result is a real hell. There is real danger when we begin to play around with the things that Satan is involved with. We don't want to be playing around with the occult or horoscopes or tarot cards or palm readers or fortune tellers. We don't want to be playing around with somebody that's trying to contact the dead By doing that, you are not playing around. You are possibly opening yourself to the real satanic word and world and to the possibility 
that you, because you do not have Jesus, may be demon-possessed. Isn't it interesting that Satan is the great deceiver? So many people just laugh about that. I'm going to dress up as a demon. I'm going to dress up as a witch. There's nothing to it or whatever. We're deceived. I want you to understand that these Jewish people should have understood this, but they weren't following God. These Jewish people, in their scriptures, God had said to them thousands of years before, don't go there. Look at the verse. It's Deuteronomy. For some of you that might be, well, I'm Pastor Mark, I'm just reading my horoscope in the morning. I want to know if I have a good day or a bad day. Let me tell you, if you don't have Jesus, you're going to have a bad day. If you have Jesus, you're going to have a good day. Quit the horoscope stuff. Here's what Deuteronomy says. It's pretty plain. Do not let your people practice fortune telling or use sorcery or interpret omens or engage in witchcraft or cast spells or function as medium or psychics or call forth the spirits of the dead. Now, why did God write that? Because he knows the spirit world is real. And you can't play with that. See, because without Christ... You have no power to stop a demon from coming into you. Understand that today. And look at verse 15. The demon says, Jesus I know, and I know about Paul. Both of those words are different. And the word I know for Jesus is this. This evil spirit was well aware of the Savior's power. This demon knew that Jesus was real. He knew the power of Jesus. He knew that the, well, Jesus was in heaven. And there was a real heaven and a real hell. Isn't it interesting to you that demons know that Jesus is real and the spirit world is real, but unbelievers don't believe that Jesus is real? It's called deception. And then the word no... He says to Paul, I know Paul. That means to know about or I'm acquainted with. What did he really mean? He just said this. I know that Paul represents Jesus. And he's operating with the real Jesus. But then he turns to these Jewish exorcists and he says, who are you? Who are you attached to? You have no power. I just want to encourage you. Knowing about Jesus is not good enough. See, this demon says, I know Jesus. Well, he did. He knew about Jesus. But he's never turned his life over to Jesus. He'll never go to heaven. Because all he knew was about him. In fact, another passage in the Bible says that demons know about God and they shudder. They're fearful. Right on. See, knowing about Jesus is not the same thing as knowing Jesus. You can know about Jesus and never be a Christian. Secondhand religion never works. You see, many good people, even here in our services today, churchgoers, they will end up in hell, separated from God, because they never knew Jesus personally as their savior. See, this demon will never know Jesus as his savior because he'll never ask for it. He'll never be changed into that kingdom. The only Jesus that many people know today is the Jesus that the pastor preaches. The Jesus their spouse or friend believes in. 
or the Jesus you learned about as a child in Sunday school, but you never made it personal. Let me encourage you today to understand this. Let's just use this circle right where I am here as religion. Religion knows about God, knows about Jesus, believes Jesus, believes Jesus died on the cross. Here's our cross. He believes it. He or she knows that. But see, they've never asked Jesus to be their Savior, to come into their life and to change it. They know about him, all about him. Satan loves religion. Here's a person that's asked Christ to come into their life. They're born again. We'll see what that looks like later. They become the temple of the Holy Spirit. Their lives change. Their sins are forgiven. But see, Satan loves you in knowing about him. And he'll say to many people, that's good enough. But it's never good enough. See, you're one step away from going to heaven. But Satan will make you happy here. See, you're one step of having a real relationship with Jesus Christ. And Satan will do whatever he can do to stop that step. You see, this and this is this far apart. You believe with your head, but it has to go 12 inches to your heart. That's what was happening. These Jewish people were playing with formulas, with names. There was no change in their life. Here's something you won't want to write down, but you got to write it down anyway. Notice the demon says, Paul, I know. Christ follower, Satan knows all about you. Ooh, I don't like that. Well, he does. Notice the demon knew about Paul. Satan and demons know about each of us. And I believe in many cases they know our weaknesses. That's how Satan knows to tempt me. They never give up trying to steal and kill and destroy. You say, Pastor Mark, can you prove it? Yes. One day, Jesus and the disciples are walking around. and Jesus stops and he says, Peter, let me give you a little clue. Satan desires to have you and to sift you as we. Peter's going, what? He said, yeah, Satan's been telling me he's going to get you and he's going to cause you to fail. Then Jesus said, Peter, but I've prayed for you. I'll come to that in a moment. He says, Peter, I prayed for you. But what really happened? Satan did cause Peter to fail. Because he knew that Peter had a problem with what? Pride. Remember one day, Jesus said, "All everybody, all of you, when I go to the cross, you're going to leave me. You're just going to abandon me. What did Peter go? Not me. Everybody else will leave, but not me. And Jesus said to him, Pete, before the rooster cries in the morning, three times you'll deny me. Did it happen? Yes, it did. See, Satan was trying. But even in this story, Jesus says to him, after you failed, you'll be restored. Then go and minister for me. Satan knows all about you. Jesus is in the wilderness. Did Satan know how to tempt Jesus? Perfectly. But Jesus knew to use The word of God. Now, you didn't like that statement that you wrote down, but you will like this one. Christ follower, have no fear of Satan because God lives in you. See, greater is he, 1 John 4, 4, than he that is in the world. God's power is always greater than Satan's power. I could hear an amen there too. 
You say, Pastor Mark, this demon stuff is, is like, yeah, right. Well, it does happen way more overseas in other countries where Satan has a freer reign in many people's life. In Haiti, very common with the voodoo and order. In many parts of India, very common as I've been there. But I just want to tell you because sometimes we don't understand. By the way, let me make this statement to you. If you're a Christian, you're a Christ follower. You never have to worry about being possessed by the devil. Here's why. I use it as a joke, but you'll understand it. When you became a Christian, the Holy Spirit took up residence inside you. The Holy Spirit never rents a room to Satan. Did you get it? Now, I can be oppressed. I can be depressed. I can have thoughts that aren't right. But I just take authority over that in the name of Jesus because I have God living in me. So you don't ever worry one instant. You can never be demon-possessed as a Christian. A few months ago, at the end of one of our services, most everybody was gone. There was a young man that was being prayed for and just didn't seem normal. And one of our elders was here. And he got some people around and began to pray for him. And all of a sudden, from this man, a voice came out. And he began to speaking. That was not him. And the elder knew this was the demon. So they prayed and cast the demon out of this young man. The demon left and the man was instantly set free, accepted Jesus Christ and is following the Lord today. Now, I say that because you have to understand this. Oh, that that couldn't happen. Get real. Don't dabble in the stuff of Satan. It's a real world. I don't have any fear. You don't have to have any fear. Because greater is he. Well, look at verse 16. I love this. The man who had the real evil spirit in him. Notice, he recognizes that these exorcists had no authority. You know, these exorcists are saying, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. The demon goes, who are you? You don't have any authority at all to say anything over me. So he rejects coming out. And what does he do? Look at this. The man who had the evil spirit jumped on them and overpowered them all, all seven of them. And he gave them such a beating that they ran out of the house naked and bleeding. Can you see the news that night? (laughs) On CNN, here's these naked exorcists running through the city, beaten. I make a joke, but that's exactly what happened. What did that cause the city to do? Look at verse 17. And when this became known to the Jews and the Greeks, Jews and Gentiles, who were living in Ephesus, they were all seized with fear. By the way, that would be a healthy fear of God. And then notice what happened. And the name of the Lord Jesus was held in high honor. How did that work? You see, when these people saw what had just happened, they realized that the God that Paul was preaching about was very different than the power their exorcists in the city were trying to deal with. Their exorcists tried to get that demon out. They got beat up and stripped naked and humiliated. But even the sweatbands from Paul caused demons to come out of people. And so they went, 
time to think about which God we're serving here. And they began to have a healthy fear of God. I want to say this to you. If you're ever going to be living under the influence of God, you need to have a healthy fear of who God is. He's way greater than you. He knows everything about us. He's sovereign. He's in control. You can trust your life to him. He's not like the man up in the sky. If God would stand in front of us today, I don't care who you are, you'd have your hands raised. I never had raised my hands in church. You would have your hands raised. As you're falling on your face. And that's what heaven's going to look like. Because we play at this thing called religion. Well, there's a real God and there's a real Satan. Well, look at verse 18. Now, many of those who believed now came and openly confessed their evil deeds. And a number who had practiced sorcery brought their scrolls together and burned them publicly when they calculated the value of the scrolls that came to 50,000 drachmas, millions of dollars. Next thing you want to write is this. What was happening here? The Holy Spirit lovingly convicts. You see, there was a number of things, and I have to go through it very quickly, but you'll understand what's happening. Many of the people who had just, it really, I think, happened to two groups of people. The unbelievers, certainly, their tension's coming. They're going to come to Christ. More and more of them are going to come to Christ. But right here, I think you have two major groups of people. You have the new believers who have been believing. And when they see this, they've been practicing with the occult. They came to Christ. And they hadn't been taught yet by Paul. Probably didn't get it yet. They didn't know that practicing the occult and being a Christ follower was incompatible. So they go, whoa, we're going to get rid of this stuff. We're going to flee from that. Here's how it works today. You'll understand. i do this very quickly. Listen. We have so many people come to Christ and turn their life over to Jesus Christ. Way more than a thousand people every year come to Christ. And they turned their life over to God. Well, what world did they come in from? They came in from the MTV world. They came from the world, the world system, where everything in the world system is done very different than in the godly system. So here's what happens very commonly to us. A person will come to Christ, and they don't know anything. They come to Christ, have their sins forgiven, and all of a sudden, they'll come a few weeks later, and they'll hear me or another pastor say, uh, if you're living with someone and you're not married, or if you're having sex before marriage, you can't do that, that's a sin, and they're going to go... What? Because you tell me, yes or no, does the world system say you can have sex with anybody and you can even have multiple affairs and it's no problem? Yes or no? Absolutely yes. So that's the system they come from. It's like these people go, playing with the occult is wrong? I've done that my whole life. Okay, I'll get rid of it. Today, Pastor Mark taught about becoming a real, authentic follower of Jesus. You probably are realizing that what he's been describing is a bit different than what you've been used to thinking of as a Christ follower. You learn that if you're going to live this lifestyle, that your life is going to change, maybe radically. You were reminded, though, that God's going to make your life worth all the change. You don't have to wait to hear another message from Lessons for Living. Visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com to access our archive of messages on various topics and books of the Bible. Subscribe to our podcast as well to receive updated teachings as soon as they're made available. We're so glad you joined us today and we'd love to connect with you. Feel free to contact us with your questions and prayer requests 
at 866-779-3441. That's 866-779-3441. Next time, Pastor Mark will be wrapping up his teaching under his influence, really. You'll hear about the power of God to work in the lives of people who call on the name of Jesus. You'll be reminded about the awesomeness of God and your need to respect and acknowledge God's greatness. You'll hear about the need to let God make changes to your life for your benefit. Well, that's all the time we have for today's broadcast. From all of the production team here at Lessons for Living, we want to say thank you for tuning in and may God bless you. And together, let's do life right. In a hurting world, a new hope he is given.